All right. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the newest edition of the Peyton Doyle Show. I'm Peyton Doyle, host of the Peyton Doyle Show. Hope you all are having a wonderful day today. Now, let me quickly point out the obvious. No, I am not in the normal Peyton Doyle studio today. I am in my mom's basement in Ohio right now, in Louisville, Ohio. And as you can see, the setup, it's its a little bit different. As you can see here, I got my uh, computer propped up on some cardboard boxes. Um, this is, it's nothing like my home in Florida where the normal Peyton Dwell Show studio is. But I am here and I am ready to give you guys a great show today. I'm going to start off, I'm going to recap Sunday's games. I'm just going to start off with the Browns game since I'm sure most of you listening just want to hear it. You just want to hear me talk about the Browns since you guys all know I'm a Browns fan. You want to hear me say it. You want to hear me talk about the Browns. So I'm just going to get this out of the way. The Browns, for those of you who do not know, the Browns lost to the Jets. If the Browns won on Sunday, they would have clinched a playoff spot going into the last week of the season. Now, instead, they are in a must-win situation against the Pittsburgh Steelers this Sunday. Not necessarily the most favorable situations for the Browns to try and break their 18-year playoff drought. The Browns, they're nice, but like I've said before this season, they aren't there yet. They're just not there yet. This loss wasn't about Baker. I know he had the fumble problems. I get that. But for the most part, he didn't play awful. This was the first time that I was truly, truly disappointed in Kevin Stefanski's play calling. Going into the game, you knew that you were missing four of your best wide receivers. So why did Baker Mayfield attempt 53 passes? Why did Nick Chubb and Kareem Hunt have a combined 15 carries throughout the entire game? That was the most disappointing part for me. I feel like Kevin Stefanski tried to do too much with the game, and he didn't stick to the Browns' bread and butter, which is running the football. It's running that football, pounding that rock, and play-action bootlegs. Instead, we saw a lot of shotgun, spread offense, and it, it didn't work. Very, very little rushing attempts. That's not how the Browns get their that's not how the Browns get their offense going. It's all set up by the run game because you have that's why you went and paid Kareem Hunt, and I'm sure they're gonna pay Nick Chubb sooner rather than later. Now, however, I don't want to be the guy that comes with comes up with excuses, but the Browns had four of their best wide receivers missing because of COVID. And on top of all of that, two new starters on the offensive line, and they were missing B.J. Goodson at linebacker. He's the play caller on that defense. They held a walkthrough in the parking garage before the game because their plane arrived late in New York. I mean, it was just a whole mess of a week. And it, it, the, a lot of things went wrong for the Browns. The Jets actually did have the more talented wide receivers on Sunday against the Browns, which is absurd. It's absurd to say that, but it was true. Jamison Crowder was the best wide receiver on the field on Sunday. No doubt about it. So now I'm not trying to excuse a loss to the Jets, but the Jets actually did, they did have the more talented team. Plus that team was actually playing with more chemistry than the Browns. Now I know that Baker Mayfield and, 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 and those guys, the, they, the Browns team, they will tell you 
that there are no excuses and they still need to step up and they believe in those guys and they trust those backups because that's why they're Cleveland Browns and all this and all that. That's what they all said in the press conferences. But at the end of the day, the fact of the matter is that the Browns were extremely shorthanded and had a, and had very little time to get those practice squad wide receivers up to par. So let's not overreact after a tough loss to the Jets. All right, let's not overreact. That timing of it was bad for sure. I understand that. But some things were out of their control. The Browns, they're still a good team, and I think they still belong in the playoffs whether they make it or not. Now let's get into another overreaction. The Steelers are back. No, they aren't. Mainly because they were never here to begin with. Listen, the Steelers are a good team, and they absolutely could win a playoff game. I'm not trying to say they're they're going to be a one and done in the playoffs. But the Colts were winning 24 to 7 at one point in the game. The Colts are pretenders. The Steelers are better than the Colts. I don't know why everyone was so surprised about this game. The better team won the game. The biggest improvement I noticed in the Steelers from last week to this week was Big Ben finally letting it rip again like he needed to. That's the main difference in the second half of that game, was Big Ben playing aggressive again. And they were using Claypool and Juju as vertical threats. And Ben just let it rip, and it was working. And that's the big reason why they ended up coming back and winning that game against the Colts. Now, the big question is, can they keep it up? Can Big Ben keep up this level of play? Because it's obvious that Father Time has caught up to him a little bit. Another thing the Steelers have going for them is they finally got their act together, mainly with Juju Smith-Schuster and his TikToks and his signature dancing on the, uh, on the opposing team's logos before the games. I'm sure, I'm sure some of you guys have seen that. If you don't think that this didn't affect the team, then you're wrong. Mike Tomlin absolutely did the right thing, talking to Juju and asking him to stop dancing before the games. It shows that one, Mike Tomlin is in control of this team and they do respect him as a leader. And two, the Steelers need to be about the work rather than about the show. Dancing on the other team's logo before, before the game is disrespectful and it shows a loser's mentality. It shows the mentality that you believe the work has already been done, that the game is over before it starts. Now, this week's TikTok from Juju, it was awesome. They all danced in the locker room after winning a big game against the Colts and clinched the AFC North title for Pittsburgh. It was awesome. I mean, look at that. I mean, I mean, there's nothing wrong with that. That's a winner's mentality. Focus before the game, celebrate after. Also, notice how in this, in this TikTok right here, Juju's teammates were in on it as well. When he was dancing on the logos, he was alone. Yes, this type of stuff really makes a difference in how a team plays and how a team is united. All right, something needs to be said about the Kansas City Chiefs. Am I worried about the Chiefs? No, absolutely not. I am not worried about them. In fact, I still think they will go back back to back this year and win the Super Bowl again. But I do not think they are playing like the best team in the NFL anymore. I think the Buffalo Bills are currently playing like the best team in the league. 
The Chiefs' last seven games were decided by only one possession, while the Bills have been stomping their opponents. In the Bills' last five games, the Buffalo Bills have won by a total of 89 points. In the Chiefs' last five games, they've won by a combined total of 21 points. And I know, you know, people will say this is an overreaction because the Bills just beat the Patriots who have nothing to play for and all this and all that and all that, right? Well, the Chiefs just beat the Falcons by the skin of their teeth who are a complete mess right now. And the Falcons have been a complete mess, complete mess for the past few years after they lost the Super Bowl. So I understand, I understand the point. And they also played the Broncos. They both played the Broncos. The Chiefs won by six. And I'm pretty sure the, the, the Bills won by 29 points. Now, I'm not saying that this is the end of the world for the Chiefs at all. Like I said, I think they will win the Super Bowl still. But they have to start playing harder. And they can't, they can't keep letting their opponents back in games. That's a, that's a bad habit to get into. And it's something that might happen when you're this good. The Bills are hungry. They're out to prove something this season. And it goes to show. They're playing all gas, no breaks. Whereas the Chiefs look like they're comfortable. And that's never good. That's how upsets happen. So they need to get that together come playoff time. You know who else is playing pretty hungry right now? The Baltimore Ravens. It looks like the Ravens are going to go make the playoffs. And that's exactly what every AFC team should, should have feared all along. The Ravens are dark horses to win the Super Bowl, in my opinion. I bet every team in the AFC looked at the AFC playoff picture and noticed that the Ravens were in it and just they just rolled their eyes because they know they are going to be a tough out. Lamar Jackson is playing with a chip on his shoulder again. It took the Ravens a little bit to find their stride again, but the Ravens look really, really scary. A lot of people would make the argument that the Ravens' offense is not good enough. They're top eight in total points scored this year. And they have the best rushing offense in the NFL. Lamar has also been playing lights out these last four weeks. He has 12 total touchdowns and over 1,000 total yards in the last four games. The Ravens, they look really scary. In my opinion, they are currently the third best team in the AFC behind the Chiefs and the Bills. The Ravens are well coached. They run the ball well. They have a unique weapon and a great leader at quarterback. That's another thing about Lamar that doesn't get talked about a lot. He's a tremendous leader. His team loves him, and they all have 100% faith in him. There was, there was a play a, a few weeks ago in an intense game against the Browns where John Harbaugh, the head coach of the Ravens, called a timeout before the snap, and you could tell in the moment Lamar was a little frustrated because he liked what he saw and wanted to run the play. The next second, the camera cuts to Lamar smiling and hugging Harbaugh on the sideline. That's a QB that trusts his coach and is a good leader. After the game, his teammates were hugging him, and they, they, just, like, they, just, they just all look like they love Lamar in Baltimore. Like, big trust. Last year, you see it. This year, they've been rallying behind him ever since he came back from COVID. I cannot believe I'm saying this because I was very, very down on the Ravens. Don't sleep on the Ravens. Don't do it. They're rallying behind a great leader in Lamar Jackson, electrifying playmaker, and they are heating up at the right time. And it looks like they're gaining momentum 
at the perfect time to try and make a Super Bowl run. Now, in other news, Cam Newton is washed. Much like I said weeks ago, Cam simply doesn't have it anymore. Cam played three full quarters last night and only managed to throw for 34 yards. He was eventually replaced by his backup, Jarrett Stidham. Cam is incredibly washed. He is beyond washed. I don't think that I would sign Cam Newton even as a backup just because of the amount of attention he would get as a backup quarterback. It's a shame because Cam, he really used to be a great quarterback in this league. But it's evident. I think everyone with two eyes and a brain can sit here and say that Cam doesn't have it anymore. He doesn't have it. And I understand that his team around him hasn't been great. But not much has changed since Tom Brady left. This team was the third seed in the AFC last year. Cam Newton steps in and looks extremely subpar. Now, obviously, we expected him to take a, take a step back from last year. But Cam Newton is simply inaccurate as a passer. He doesn't have a good arm any, anymore. It's honestly hard to watch. I'm not sure where he's going to end up this offseason, but I highly doubt the New England Patriots keep him. I think they're going to move on and try to draft a rookie quarterback. Maybe they even trade up, even though it's not the Patriots' way, and try to get a guy like Zach Wilson or Trey Lance. But you could, in the later rounds, be looking at a guy like Kyle Trask, maybe Mac Jones from Alabama. We'll see what happens with the Patriots this offseason, but I really highly expect them to move on from Cam Newton. And I really think that they should because it's obvious that he's not the answer. Now, speaking of subpar quarterbacks, Dwayne Haskins has been released by the Washington football team. Washington announced yesterday that they have parted ways with the former 15th overall pick after two seasons with the team. This is not a huge surprise to me. Um, anyone that, that has been watching the Peyton, Doyle, the Peyton Doyle show for quite some time will know that I've said it all along. You can look back at my previous episodes from the offseason. I have never thought that Dwayne Haskins was a good quarterback. I didn't think that he belonged as a starting quarterback in the NFL. I do not think that he will ever see an NFL field again. And it has nothing to do with his character. I know there's been some talk you know, that maybe he wasn't working hard enough in the film room and maybe he was a little immature. And I know there was an incident last week with him at a club without a mask, potentially risking his teammates by contracting COVID and spreading it to them. I understand that probably has something to do with the reason why he was released. But I'm not even going to talk about that because I don't know Dwayne Haskins. I'm pretty sure that none of you know um, Dwayne Haskins. Unless you do. And if you do, please let me know. Try to, try to get me in contact with him. I'd love to try and have Dwayne Haskins on the show and talk to him. But in all seriousness, I think that Haskins it shouldn't be in the NFL. For the only reason that he continues to underperform time and time again. He doesn't meet any expectations. He underperforms even when there are no expectations. Every single time that Dwayne Haskins has been benched, his backup has done better. Case Keenum, Kyle Allen, Alex Smith, Taylor Heineke. They all outperformed Haskins when he got benched. And these are, these guys, these are guys that are all backups. Case Keenum, backup. Kyle Allen, backup. Alex Smith, he's on one leg. But he, he, he's better than a backup. Alex Smith is a starter in this league. But he's on one leg. He's coming off an injury. He hasn't played in over a year. 
and played better. Taylor Heineke, practice squad guy. Where, where'd he come from? I'm pretty sure he came from uh, the XFL or the AAF. Practice squad guy, right? They all outperformed Haskins when he got benched. Now, I'm, I'm going to come to the defense of Haskins a little bit here. He should have been taken along slower. They threw him out in the game way too early, and Jay Gruden told us that, former head coach for the Washington football team. That's part of the reason why Jay Gruden was fired, because he was reluctant to start Haskins in his rookie year. Because he said, and he said it time and time again, that Haskins just wasn't ready yet. And the owner, Dan Snyder, who is just a, is, I mean, wow, he, he is not the greatest owner in the league, isn't he? Dan Snyder fired him and made the interim head coach start Haskins, even though the whole coaching staff knew that he wasn't ready, but they didn't want to lose their jobs, so they, they put Haskins in. So now that was not a favorable situation for Haskins' development. Haskins is now a free agent who has thrown for 12 touchdowns and 14 interceptions, 2,800 yards, and only completed 60.1% of his passes. That does not sound appealing. Sadly, it looks like it's time to officially put the bus label on Dwayne Haskins. So that's it. Thank you all so much for watching and or listening. Please make sure to like, follow, or subscribe wherever you may be listening. Also, if you haven't already, please make sure to follow the show on social media at Peyton Doyle Show. That is at Peyton Doyle Show. I'm on Instagram, TikTok, Twitter, and Facebook. Thank you all so much for listening, and please make sure, stay tuned for the next episode. Thank you.